Welcome to The Daily Degenerate, the ultimate sports and entertainment podcast for your busy life. My name is Cohen Hughes, co-host and producer, and I'm joined by Los Angeles' very own Maddie Goldberg. We appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode. Everybody, number 66 of the Daily Degenerate Podcast, the Route 66 Podcast. I'm Maddie Goldberg. It's a lovely day in LA. The rain is gone. And in Smyrna, Georgia, we have two very, very fine gentlemen, two very handsome lads, Harrison in a suit and Cohen. Tell the people who the fuck you are. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Maddie just throws me a softball. I hit the softball. Um, yep. I am the Michael Rappaport of the South. I am the professional devil's advocate. I am podcast poppy and I am the Johnny sins of podcasting. I'm going to hand the mic my boy Harrison. Let him introduce himself. What's up guys. Uh, for those, uh, day one listeners to the daily degenerate, you may remember me on, I'm, I'm Harrison Coburn. I was probably, was I the first guest? You were yeah, the I think number, I think I number was six. Inaugural guest. Yeah, you were the first uh, the guest. Daily Degenerate. So uh, I'll put that on my resume when I get home. But uh, I'm happy to be here. Uh, it's a pleasure as always. So. Well, you um, look da- you look dapper. I'm looking at you at Skype. You got a nice tie on, a nice white shirt, and you're next to Cohen, who looks like a slob in one of his 500 Atlanta Falcons. I played generic- golf in this today. I played okay. golf in this today. How did it go? Good. I shot pretty good, honestly. Nice, nice. So uh, it's great to see both boys. You you guys made the trip to uh, down south to, to watch a little spring training baseball. So I I always the audience loves when I talk to Cohen about the ladies. Harrison, you have a story about Cohen and Hooters. Yeah. So uh, we actually we hit the uh, local Kissimmee, Florida Hooters with a couple of listeners actually, and uh, yeah, it the, was a good time. Minus the it was probably the worst service. Uh, I've ever received at a restaurant. So I kind of understand where Cohen's coming from in the story I'm about to tell. Uh, we sat at the bar for an hour after they said we would wait 30 minutes for a table, which at Hooters is wow. way too long anyways. There were open tables. There, there, there were, were open tables while we were waiting. You know, the, were, the, the funny thing about Hooters is that they're like millennials are killing Hooters because, you know, millennials are very PC and Hooters is a place where the waitresses wear little orange shorts with a lot of cleavage and you guys are saying that the, the waitress you had was busted as hell well, well, one to uh, ten what b- would you give before, her before we about a four it, i'd give her a four she she wasn't the finest uh lady that's ever worked for hooters i'll, no. I'll put it to you that way but uh yeah bottom third know, percent I, i'm i'm a big hooters guy uh yeah it, it, that is a shame i didn't realize that but i mean it kind of makes sense what you said about millennials personally like you know, if you have a hot waitress, like, okay, like, that, that's fine. Like, I like it for the wings. Like, I, I just really yeah. like their wings. I think that they're better sauce. than better than Buffalo Wild Wings and a million or anywhere percent, else. A million percent. It's not even in the same ballpark. I mean, you're talking about MLB and rookie ball. You know gotcha. I mean? Like, I, Buffalo Wild Wings makes me sick. Buffalo but, Wild Wings is the worst. It's the worst wings ever. I got to be honest. Terrible. It's terrible. Uneatable. Anyways. So, uh, Needless to say, Buffalo Wild Wings will not be a sponsor of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. <laughs> um, yeah, we're not going to lose any sleep over that. Yeah. but uh, So anyways, your waitress was a four. 
the waitress was a four, but it took us two hours to even get to the waitress. So, you know, they tell us 20 to 30 minutes or something like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. We're sitting there for an hour, and uh, there's at least 20 open tables in the Shooters, and they keep telling us, oh, blah, blah, blah. That's and horrible. You guys should have just left. We should have. So at, at this point, Cohen's already been kind of rude to the bartender. I, I can't remember. She, Oh, that's what it was. She was pouring. Uh, you know how Hooters girls are. So yeah. he, he got a pitcher, and she was pouring the pitcher for him. Uh, like whenever it was getting low, he just yeah. looks at her. He's like, you don't need to fill up my, my beer. It was like, you don't need to, like, you know, it'd be, it, it wasn't like, oh, sweetheart, you don't have to. It was like, you don't have to fill up my beer. I was like, okay, jeez. <laughs> I just don't want any other Jeremy hands on my beer. Who knows where that girl's hand's been? In her fucking twat? Who knows? You know, I don't want any hands on my beer. <laughs> so uh, That is the Johnny Sins of podcasting right there. Yeah. So, Harrison, are, are you aware of who Johnny Sins is? I, I, he was saying that in the introduction. I have zero idea who that is. He's, so Google, uh, him. Google him when you get home. Well, Johnny Sins is the number one prospect of the Atlanta Braves right now. Uh, as <laughs> a, uh, the co-founder of SportsTalkATL.com, I think I would yeah. have uh, heard about him by now. But uh, yeah. tell me more. He's a shortstop. He's supposed to be the next Chipper Jones because Darby Swanson shit the bed. He is going to be better than Chipper Jones. Johnny Sins. Um, he swings a big stick. He swings a big stick. Humongous bat. Well, and he uh, fixes computers. Oh, yeah. No, he, dude, he's a master electronic. He's a good plumber, pizza boy, everything. Yeah. Well, uh, if Darby, also known as Dansby Swanson, was as, oh, good, Darby. Was as good at baseball as he was good looking, uh, you know, the Braves, the Braves would be talking. And Cohen just filled me in on who Johnny Sins actually is. You know that. The interesting thing about the Braves is, like, the only real prospect that's come through in the infield is, is Chipper Jones. I mean, I guess Andrew Jones in the outfield was came through, but Jeff Francoeur was supposed to be the next greatest thing. Total bust. Well, uh, Frenchie, Frenchie, you know, Frenchie had a few good years for us. He, he was in right field. Uh, uh, you know, he's still a fan favorite. I don't know if you know this, Matty, but uh, he's actually – the Braves, you know, he did like a few games here and there. They were kind yeah, of yeah. giving him some ro- a role to, you know, he's a fun, he can, yeah. But, he's a funny uh, guy. Now they've promoted him to be like their main guy on TV. That's so, awesome. Uh, he's he's going to be pretty big, uh, pretty big name he's, with the Braves this year. He's still a big fan favorite. Yeah, he's got the cool nickname. But uh, so we're here uh, today. We're in March. We're heading towards March Madness. You guys, Cohen, you usually take care of what's going on in the world of sports. What the fuck is going on in the world of sports in March when there's not a lot going on? Um, so around this time, we start seeing a lot of NFL financials get, get cleaned up, like uh, Falcons franchise, Grady Jarrett. Um, we're seeing the Giants release guys like Landon Collins. Yeah, a lot guys, of guys got the Ravens, cut. The Ravens cut Eric Weddle. Can you fill us in on why that happened, Harrison, as a Ravens fan? Yeah. Money. So, uh, you know, I'm a big Eric Weddle guy. Uh, yeah. You know, I was that was probably one of the most excited I've been for a signing in recent memory, and I really like him. Uh, yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, he's a great player, but you know, I, I think he only had like one interception last year. Uh, he's he's 34 now, so uh, you know, the Ravens, even though they got rid of Joe Flacco, they are still uh, they still have to create a little bit of cap space. They've already cut Crabtree, who uh, was a very disappointing addition this year. 
Uh, he really did not offer much at all. But the Ravens, they do have uh, two young safeties on the roster who I think can start now. Uh, yeah. in, in Chuck Clark and uh, Deshaun Elliott, who they drafted last year. I thought he was a great pick in the draft. But yeah. uh, they're, they're also rumored to be going after uh, the Honey Badger, Tyran Matthew. So, uh, you know, they may just be trying to go a little bit younger at the position. Uh, yeah, it's hard with a 13, 13 year veteran safety. There's not many 13 year veteran safeties. Right. You, yeah. you need a young guy to run with these young kids. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think he was due seven and a half million. They saved six by uh, making the deals. I, I'm going to miss Eric Weddle. Uh, I really am. He's a uh, fun player. He's a fun guy. Maybe he, we'll go back to San Diego. He's a great guy. I think he's a great leader. Our where? Los Angeles. I was, about, I was about to say where it's LA. The Fleet. San Diego Fleet. Well, I I will disagree with that just because um when he did come to Baltimore, he was very displeased with the Chargers. He Yeah, he was hurt on, by them. That's right. Yeah, on his way out, he was very hurt by them and uh you know, he he voiced that pretty deeply in Baltimore and he showed a great appreciation for Baltimore embracing him like he was like, you know, one of those guys that they drafted yeah. like a uh, Terrell Suggs, you know, and uh, sure. I think I'm well, gonna. I'll miss his leadership more than what he offered on the field last year. I do think he's still got it. Uh, but his we'll, best, we'll find his a best, new team. Yeah, his best years are behind him. He may have a couple good years left in him, but uh, you know, it's it's time for the Ravens to move on apparently, and uh, I, I'm okay with it. And my other question to you: You go to the University of Alabama. He did. He graduated. Well, what was it like? A day after they just got fucking drugged by Clemson. Like, what is the campus like? Uh, well, personally, I wasn't there. I I graduated in December. Oh, you, okay. I was, I was in Atlanta, but I did watch with a lot of Alabama people. Uh, by the end of the fourth quarter, half of them had left. Uh, it was the most shocking thing I've seen in sports in a while. Uh, you know, I I had a lot of respect for Clemson, and I I know they're very good. I don't think anybody was expecting that. Uh, no, nobody was. Yeah, so, uh, well, with that being said, I'm not, like, too worried about it. Uh, Alabama has shown that when they have experienced a big loss in a game like that, like, you know, like they did against Ohio State or they did against yeah. Oklahoma, like, eight years ago, whatever it was, uh, they always bounce back with, like, a natty. So I'm hoping you're not, that, that trend continues. You're not saying Nick Saban should go, no? <laughs> Absolutely not. But, I mean, hey, yeah. when he hangs them up and – X amount of years. Uh, you know, Dabo Sweeney, he's an Alabama alumni. He was on the Natty team. There's no way he's going to the Alabama. 90, the 92 national team. Uh, no way. No way. I mean, you say no way, but if it's eight years down the road, I mean, he was already kind of voicing some displeasure with Clemson fans. Like, they were. Yeah, yeah, with not showing up for the homecoming like, games. I, and, I don't know. Yep. Every time he's asked about it, he never denies it. You know, he kind of pushes okay. it to the side. I, I right. think he's keeping Alabama in his back pocket, and why not? I mean, well, they'll throw, they'll back up to Brink's truck for him. It's between him and Kirby Smart. I, he's I become, I mean, I he's become Kirby the best Smart coach in college coaches. football. They've become the alpha dogs, and like the way I look at it, when I was a kid, the Yankees were the do- the, alpha, the evil empire, and the Red Sox, even though they were spending money, they were still like the, you know, inferior team. And now the Red Sox are the machine. And I feel like Clemson has taken that over. Clemson aren't the darling underdogs anymore. They are a fucking machine. Yeah, I mean... Uh, that quarterback's they're sick. They're great. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, they're, they're set for the next two years. We still have two for one more, so 
Uh, I think we're probably going to see Alabama-Clemson again, which a lot of people won't like, but, uh, you know, you think- it's it's great to see two pro. I mean, Alabama, like, Nick Saban built that, but, like, you know, yeah. they've always had prestige. Uh, sure. I have a lot of respect for Dabo. He's actually, like, built up Clemson into that powerhouse. He really from, has. From the ground. You from know? scratch. I think, think it's very, I think it's very impressive. Um, even with the success Clemson has had, they've put a lot of guys in the league. And not, yeah. not just your Vic Beavers, not just your Grady Jarrett. So they've put hella guys like Deshaun Watson, you know, like Dabo Swinney said that he was the next Michael Jordan. And yeah, you know, sure. like, who, who, who knows what the sky's the limit is for him. Yep. Um, I I think that Clemson's here to stay for a long time. Yeah, and they're, you, like, you, they're like wide receiver you. Yeah, I mean, just are. look at the list of Clemson wide receivers. If the name Clemson is next to him in the draft, just take Mike him. Williams. Do you think Tulane has a chance to about to – to maybe contend with Alabama and Clemson next year. Yeah, they got a lot of great five-star recruits. Well, we got um, we got one three-star recruit. We got a new offensive coordinator who's going to run a more pro-style offense instead of the double option this, or the triple this is option. Insane. Yeah, they're bringing back Matt Forte. Yeah, no, yeah. Tulane actually signed Matt Forte to be the new head coach. So that's what. Yeah, it's so sad because I look at Tulane basketball too. They're like eight and awful. twenty-four they, or something. Dude, Mike Dunleavy has done an awful job with winning games. He's developed talent fine, but he has done an awful job at winning games. Yeah, we actually, think you. Uh, we went and saw a Tulane game in Atlanta last year together for basketball. That, that yeah. was that's a great story right there. The chicken leg look story. At, <laughs> Cohen gets like when you talk about Tulane, he gets like like he starts like there's like a little heart above his head, like he gets really excited. Yeah. That's the only national media we get is this podcast. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so what's going on today in sports? You, you said uh, Case Keenum to the Redskins. Yep, Case Keenum really, to the Redskins. And as Harrison said, a boring signing. I mean, No, Harrison did say it was a boring signing. Harrison, tell him what you said. I said it was like you just couldn't put a more boring QB with like a boring team. You know, it's, it's just well, so boring. They just, they're just going to go 6-10, and 7-9. and nine. They never fired Jay Gruden. I think he gets a pass because it's – his brother had such a great name in football for such a long time. It's like, well, you can't fire a Gruden. He's going to put it together. But what, you is your, at, what is your knock against Gruden? I don't know enough about Jay Gruden. John to, to, or Jay? Jay. I, I well, like, Jay's been there a long time, and he's got one playoff appearance and a year where the whole division sucked. And let's give Sean McVay a lot of credit because that was Kirk Cousins' best season. And their offense was pretty efficient that year. And when he left, it kind of fell apart again. Yeah. I mean, give Sean McVay a lot of credit. I mean, the Rams swiped him up really fast. I mean, I so, think the oh, – go ahead, Matty. My apologies. I'm just saying, like, what when you sign Case Keen, there's no, like, excitement. Like, oh, my God, this is going to take us over the top. It's like, okay, we're putting a Band-Aid on a quarterback problem. We need a real quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're a team that could use a real quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. I think my biggest knock with Gruden is, uh, first of all, he's not the warmest personality. I mean, now there's Bill Belichick. The, so. pl- the players seem to not like him because he puts a cap on uh, creativity and like he seems to be too authoritarian on, on like what yeah. the players can wear. Like he like I saw a clip of him one time where he like got onto a guy for like wearing his pants too high. Like he didn't roll his pants down far enough to cover the knee pad, and it was like, See, I don't get like, that you, shit, dude, dude. Are you serious? Like. Let the players do what they want. Like the the more you let them do their thing, the more creativity yeah. you allow them, the better the exactly. results almost always are. Right. See, like if I if I was a coach traveling, I'd say fuck suits. 
We're wearing sweatpants. Oh, dude, I'm wearing gym shorts everywhere I go. I like, why the, why the hell these guys are in a plane? Why the hell do they have to wear suits on a plane? It's so uncomfortable that it is. They're, they're 300 pounds. The, the seats aren't that big. And now they got to wear suits? Let them wear goddamn fucking gym clothes. They're, they'd rather wear their uniforms than fucking suits. God almighty, Maddie, tell us how you really feel. Well, I'm just saying, like, that's a big thing. Like, you, you'd want to play for a – you want to run into a wall – for a coach that, you know, gives you more freedom. And I'm just – I don't know much about Jay. I just know that he's been there for like six or seven years. They have one playoff appearance. They got smoked. And they haven't done anything. And they're just a 7-9, and 6-10, 8-8. A very boring – you know, every once in a while they'll beat a good team. But for the most part, there there's no – nobody's saying, oh, the Redskins are in contention next year. Mm-hmm. Nobody's saying that. Another, my biggest knock with Gruden is uh, I think he's done a terrible job developing players. I think he's you've seen so many examples of him stunning development of players. like Wide receivers. RG3. Yeah, Josh Doxson. That guy has all the potential in the world. In, in, in the fucking utilize world. It. None, yeah. of their, none of their receivers go. Now, RG3, I, I believe it's just a, a terrible thing. Like he got hurt, and then he came back too early. He got hurt again, and he was never the same. And injuries happen. And it, hey, but, and that was the John Gruden operation there. I mean, he ran him into the ground. Well, it was Shanahan. Shanahan. Oh, uh, okay. My bad. Yeah, but no worries. But I know a lot of people too, and you'll like this because you're a Ravens fan. Most people I know from that area have become Ravens fans. They're like, as long as Daniel Snyder owns the team, I'll never. I, I can't. I, I heard Redskins. that is that is the biggest knock against the Redskins organization. Yeah. Everything I see online in the forums everywhere exactly. is, is Dan Dan Snyder is a absolutely terrible owner, and he is an absolute shyster. Well, they buy a lot of players for a lot of money that are not very good. They don't know how to you know build a team properly. They don't know how to get a quarterback, which is really important. And uh, we're spending way too much time on the Redskins. Well, I will say I do think they know how to build a defense because they got about six Alabama players on there now. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see if Reuben Foster can ever make it on the field again. He, yeah. he doesn't deserve to. I love Reuben, but, I mean, he's kind of a piece of, you know what? Uh, <laughs> but uh, It's well, okay. You, you, can, you can curse here. We, we can move on from the Redskins. The one more thing I'll touch on with Gruden's creativity, I think – the biggest example of that that we've seen has been this last season with uh, Jordan Reed. Now, I know yeah. he's had a million injuries that have sure. held, held him back. But, I yeah. mean, by far the most talented tight end, most re- talented receiver on that roster. And they didn't even utilize the guy this year. It's shocking because I've had him on fantasy before. And he, has, he puts up big numbers. But last year, always hurt. Two catches, 12 yards. Doesn't really, yeah, you're right, and he's he's a guy that you want to use a lot more and get get him involved a lot more. And you would really you would love to get an athlete like that into the game. To not get an athlete like that into the game plan is almost yeah. criminal. And, I mean, imagine um, what he do on the Patriots. Oh my God, he will. The thing is, like, he could have made it pro in basketball too. You know, he's a basketball player. Yeah. Like those those kind of guys, you need to find to get the ball every chance you can get. Look at what the 49ers did with George Kittle. A really yeah. athletic tight end. And he's move skinny as fuck. And, and, and just get him the ball. You should let him see what he can do. Now, uh, I think we should move on to uh, – should we talk a little college basketball? Because March Madness is coming up. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, I'll, I'll make it real quick because I know you guys 
are more NBA guys, but uh, I'm, uh, I, I'm a huge college b-ball. Guy. I, I, okay, I'm yeah. Saying, he'll talk to you more than I will. I'm so I, I'm I going to Nevada. Big games, but I don't. Yeah. I don't do the whole. I, I'm going to Nevada for March Madness. I'm pumped. I'll be there for the first four days of the tournament. You know, you got. I don't. You know, Gonzaga did beat Duke early in the season. I still think if uh, Zion is playing, Duke by far is the number one team. But they can be beat. Uh, I don't really see like a, a weird sleeper team. There's a, there's a team that intri- intrigues me is Texas Tech. They have a great defense and they're scoring this year. I really think they can make some noise. And I wouldn't count Houston out as another team, even though they don't really play anybody in this regular season. But those are two of the interesting teams. Texas Tech and Houston besides the big guns. And this Saturday is a, is a, is a great day. We got Michigan, Michigan State. And then we got the Duke-North Carolina rematch, which I like Duke even without Zion because they got smoked last time. And they always split, and I'm sure Duke wants to win this game. Yeah, I, I like uh, Texas Tech as well. I'm a big Jared Culver fan. Uh, that kid's really good. And uh, yeah, he's definitely on my radar for my Atlanta Hawks this year, depending on where that pick lands. Sure. Uh, I, who, Maddie, who would you say – I mean, I know you just gave us a couple sleepers – uh, if you had to pick a couple teams to make a run and win this thing, who would you go with? Well, I mean, there's the big guns. You know, you got the Dukes. I, I really have this weird feeling that Virginia is going to make it to the Final Four. I was year. about to. I was about to ask that question. I was about to say, what y'all's take on Virginia? I really hate that they got put out so early last year. Yeah. I really like their system, the pace of play, the defense. I really do like what they do up there. Well, well uh, now that Kyle Guy has gotten rid of that terrible man bun, they probably yeah. won't lose to a 16 seed. Yeah. So. Well, everybody's like bet on them in the first game because they're not going to take that that game lightly. No, 100%. That, that is a guaranteed lock for Virginia to win. They are going to go crazy because they want to prove that like last year was a fluke. 100 points. And, it was, and it's like from, from the minute we get up there, we're not taking this shit lightly. God. So I like them to cover the first game. I, I always said about them, it's like the, the book Moneyball, Billy Bean, says about his Oakland Athletics, who, who always make the playoffs but never do good in the playoffs. And they always make the playoffs on such a small, you know, payroll. And he's like, the system works in the regular season. It doesn't work in the playoffs. It's a crapshoot in the playoffs. And I kind of feel like with Virginia, their system is so good in the regular season. And then when, when it comes to postseason – it doesn't work, but it's so odd because they because you these, because these you have you have no talent to push you over the edge. You have a lot of team guys who play yeah. team ball who can play a good game. But let's say that you go meet a good team in the playoffs and they can match up with you well and they can match up with a few of your guys. It's yeah. whenever you don't have any overwhelming talent, it's hard to put put yourself over the edge like that. Yeah, I mean, some people like Tennessee, some people like Kentucky. I I see those teams like on the border of like the final eight, maybe final four, but. If Duke is rolling and healthy, it, it's going to be really hard to beat them this year. I, I do like Gonzaga's team, even though they're you know they don't really play anybody. Me too. And I think that's about it. I mean, it's really Duke's tournament. I'll say this about Tennessee: I think Tennessee is a huge pretender. Harrison, what do you think? Uh, I actually really like Tennessee this year. My thing about Tennessee is like, if you just took Tennessee and that terrible orange off their jersey and 
if if they were like one of the prestige basketball schools with that roster, yeah. I think they they may be every, they may be my team. You know, I mean, like yeah, everybody they, would be going nuts about them. Yeah, that is kind of true. I do like that. I've never even heard it put like that before. I like that. They've they've got great talent. It's just when you look at the teams that win this tournament. I mean, the last yeah. twenty years, they're all basketball schools. Yeah, they're all basketball schools. And what I do you think about the, the Big Ten? Do you like anybody like Michigan, Michigan State? Uh, I think Michigan is not as good as last year. Although I think they're a good team, and I and the funny thing is Michigan State is playing a lot better without that Ward guy. I think he slows the team down. Like they're a better team without Ward playing. He's a he's a big body up front, and ever since he's been out, they're moving the ball. They're faster. They're better, and he's coming back. And it's kind of weird because I think they're not as good with him. Uh, I like Michigan State. I I probably won't put them in my Final Four or anywhere further than that. I, I do like him. You know, Izzo always does a great job with the talent he has. Uh, I just don't know how I feel about this year's team. Uh, I do really like Michigan this year. Uh, I really like Matthews. He, I think he transferred from Kentucky at some point. Uh, he's really good. Uh, Jordan Poole, he was the tournament hero, uh, I think, you know, last year, the year before, I think last year. Uh, he's he's very good. He's developed very well. And then uh, that freshman, Brisdikas, or however you pronounce it, he's looking yeah. nice. So I do like Michigan this year. Uh, you were talking about, like, the Oakland A's team. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll give you my Oakland A's team of this year's tournament. Uh, I think that's going to be Cincinnati. Uh, Mick yeah, they always suck. He's a one and done. Uh, he yep. just looks like a big, overgrown, crying baby out there, bald in a suit. Uh, he yeah, wears I, the he wears like a cowboy. Like he thinks he's Jerry Glanville, yeah. like dressed in all black <laughs> and Don't. like spurs and like silver cowboy boots. And it's like, dude, like you're not a good enough coach to be like that eccentric weirdo. Yeah, don't don't put Cincinnati deep in your bracket. Uh, if they couldn't do it with my boy Sean Kilpatrick, it ain't happening. So. Another team I I don't like. <laughs> I've been I've been stupid enough to be betting on Marquette the last few games. Marquette is driving me nuts. I think their last two games, and the last four minutes of their last two games, I think they've been outscored twenty nine or thirty to two to nothing. God, I don't know what Wojo and I'm like when they're up and they're winning. I'm like, wow, Wojo is going to be the next Duke coach. You know, whole whole pat. You know, Coach K loves that guy because he's Polish, he's from Chicago or wherever, the same town kind of. He's like this hard nosed, scrappy, terrible point guard that just made the Duke team. I mean, I don't know what the fuck is going on with that team. I think they're gonna get beat in the first round. They don't know how to finish games. They're very sloppy. Bet against them first game. Yeah, I. I, I they make me nuts. I agree. I'm not a big Marquette guy. Uh, how, how do you feel about UNC this year, Matty? Well, I mean, they're always solid, but there's nothing. When it, when there's no team that like is just so dominant, that's when North Carolina kind of wins. The year they beat uh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga had a lot of holes, and North Carolina kind of snuck in and won. But when there's really good teams, they kind of get exposed for just being a good team. Yeah. So I feel like that's what they are this year. They're just a good team. Yeah. So they need like a weak pool to kind of sneak in. And, you know, if nobody's going to take it, they'll win it. I but I think, think this year there's too many good teams. I think a lot of people just sleep on North Carolina and kind of forget just 
how they've been there every year the last few years. I mean, oh yeah, they they've been this little run that they're on right now. I mean, people don't even realize it's almost unrealistic to think of. Well, we'll also see Saturday. We'll we'll really see Saturday what they're made yeah. of. The well, conference tournament. Well, no, it's uh, oh it's the yeah, last yeah, 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 yeah. That's no Duke Zion, UNC. Though, I don't. I don't. I don't think Zion's gonna play, but I think Duke is gonna give him everything they have because Duke was really embarrassed. Yeah, it was I, a game of like, well, you aren't really good without Zion. You got smoked by twenty points without him. So it's like a one-man team. Well, and like you said, um, they, they they love to split. They love to, you know, like not get embarrassed in that second game. And I think that North yep. Carolina is – I think that they, it's usually not this simple in a one-in-one formula. But I yeah. think that North Carolina is completely reliant. How good they do is – how how good Luke May has to be, you know, like he's gonna he's yeah he's got to get hot, he's he, got to hit his he, shots. He's gonna have to operate the low post because whenever I've watched them in the five, six, seven games that I've watched them this season on uh, Peachtree TV and in person, I see that Luke May ultimately sets the tempo for how the game goes. He's the vet. Yeah, he's the vet. Him he, and Cam. He Johnson. he kills the offensive boards. He absolutely loves to operate from the low post. I think how good North Carolina is is how good Luke May is. And if he plays great, they'll win the game. If he doesn't Well we'll find out more at the uh the end of the season starts. There's a lot of conference tournaments starting, a lot of the smaller conferences. Growing up in New York, I'm following some of the smaller schools like Marist. You guys probably never heard of Marist. Yeah, I've heard of Marist. Uh, They're a good baseball team. Well, one one big time NBA player went to Marist, but I get you you'll never get him. Big center in the nineties. Greg Ostertang? No. Duncan they call him the Duncan Dutchman. Played in a little tiny school in Poughkeepsie, New York. And then went on to have a probably a 10, 12 year NBA career. I wouldn't know him. Rick Smiths. Nope. No? Nope. You don't know Rick Smiths? Sorry. I'm not up on my right. Polish NBA centers. I was in the womb, baby. I, was, I know some nineties basketball, but he was—he was from the Netherlands. They call him the Duncan Dutchman. Anyway, uh, so we did. We'll cover college basketball. Maddie, answer corner. me this. Maddie, answer me this. Are you more excited for this year's tournament than than your average year? Your average year tournament? No, it's always the same. It's always gambling. So it's always goes by like it's a game by game thing. So I'll look at the brackets. And then I'll start betting on it. What my friends do, this is a thing that's been going on in L.A. for a while. They just bet the first half under every game the first round. So I have I have guys I'll be going with. They'll put 50 bucks on every first half under. And I think usually there's 32 games. The last five or six years, it averages out to about. 21-11 on the under in the first half. Nice, hell yeah! Like like guys are cleaning up. Some t- some one year was like 24 to eight. I could believe it. So there's weird, a little weird, weird environment. You're playing a team you wouldn't have played before. You're playing in a different city on short nights rest. Just just got off of a conference tournament. You're yep. late in your season. I could they're see the under. Nerves. The legs there's, are tired. Well, there's just nerves. There's there's jitters. There's nerves. And then when you get like a so you get like a team like Duke versus a a bad team. That bad team's gonna have a lot of trouble scoring. So if the the over under like sixty four, you know Duke might be up like thirty eight to sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. That that team might only score like eight or ten buckets. So there's a lot of like first round jitters, a lot of a lot of bricks, a lot of you know moving the ball around, not getting shit done, and then the second half things pick up. 
So like when you go to these the like you go to Nevada, they call the second round numbers and then you just run to the booth. So there's degenerates betting on first half, second half, everything. But over-unders are, 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 are killing me right now because what I've realized in college basketball, it all goes on like who's hot. You know, you can get a game where guys are just draining threes or you can get a game where nobody can hit a three. Yeah. And if you, get, if you pick an over and nobody can hit a three and everybody's breaking them, you're fucked. And you just never know. You never know what kind of game it's going to be. So, like, you can take Duke, North Carolina this Saturday, and they can either drain all their threes or they can miss all their threes. I'm going over first half on that game right. on Saturday. It'll probably be like 74, 75. You think so? You think it'll be that high? Yeah, 72. I go 72. Right. What are you thinking, under? Or you thinking I don't right, know. Right it, at. It's you so, think it's tough. Well, that's the scary thing because you don't know if they're going to hit their threes. You don't know if the teams are going to hit their threes. Like, take a guy like Luke May. If he hits three threes, you're in good shape. But if he breaks three threes and he's very capable of that, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. 100%. So. All right, Matty. Give us let, – let's move on from college here in a second. Let's give us one more sleeper team and one more team to, uh, you know, maybe not be so hot on. What you got? Who are you uh, up on? Who are you down on? I can give you mine if you need a second to think. Yeah, you get you do yours first. Okay. So one team that I do like, uh, I saw a very interesting fact. I was watching some SEC basketball the other day. Yeah. For those of you who are wondering, like, why there's so many SEC teams now, uh, if you look at, I think it was 2016 to 2018, uh, the SEC actually had more top 100 recruits than the ACC. So the talent level is really going up there. And yes, one, one team I that I, I really like, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to make it, you know, to the final game, but I think maybe a sleeper, like Elite Eight team. Uh, yeah. I really I really like Auburn, and this is coming from an Alabama guy. Uh, I and think, a Jewish coach. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not the biggest Bruce Pearl fan. I think you should keep his shirt on. But, I mean, hey, you know, I, I do like their, uh, their senior guard duo. They're they really were ranked nice. eighth at one time this year. Yeah, uh, I think they're going to be probably around a seventh seed in the tournament. Uh, the team that don't just look at Kansas and be like, oh, it's Kansas, they're going to oh, yeah. I'm sure they'll have a couple wins. You know, there's still Kansas, it's still Bill Self, but that roster has been totally depleted. For those of you who don't keep up with college basketball that well. They just I mean, lost they, their first conference they, championship in like 12 years, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they, the regular season one. Uh, I think Vic is still out for personal reasons. As a BK, he was supposed to be their first-round pick this year. Uh, he's out with injury. Another guy, the name escapes me. He he hasn't been eligible to play because of you know. They're they're only going to win one stuff. game if if that. They're not going to yeah. win more than one game. Don't don't. They're not Kansas a good team down. this year. Don't, yeah, don't they're 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 not a good team. I'm not a big Bill Self fan. I see so many times throughout the years they have such a loaded roster, and they're always down by 15, and they have to win in the end just by sheer guts. Uh, these are games they should be destroying. I Kyle, uh, Kentucky's not a sleeper. But I really like what they do, and if they can, if they're hitting their shots, they're so dangerous. And they play really good defense, and they they're a team that always get better as the season goes along. And I will say, yeah, Kansas is, is not going to be good. Uh, Villanova, I don't really like this year. Yeah, they're just all right this year. Yeah, they're there's kind of a regroup year. I'm gonna say Virginia will make the Final Four. I, like this I, is the I year they make agree. the Final Four. 
depending on how the brackets play out, uh, I would like to think they have a very good shot at making it there. They're not yeah. taking any of their time in the tournament this year for granted. No. And their, their it's, roster. It's been good. rough. They've got Guy. They've got Hunter, who's going to be a top 10 pick probably. And uh, there's another guy. His name's escaping me. He's very good too. Wait, can you um, hold on? Somebody's like banging on a door. You guys talk. I'll be right back. All right. Um. So that's that's all we're going to do on college basketball. Yeah, let's move on. Um, we have a few games tipping off right now. But uh, I think the best one's Cincinnati versus UCF. But. And it's 24 versus 25 or this 21 versus 25. Game. Yeah, Iowa versus Wisconsin. Iowa's good, but they're not that good. Um, Wisconsin, one, one more thing about college basketball. Ethan Happ may be the best player in college basketball. He is a pleasure to watch. So enjoy whatever games we have left to watch him play. Um, so we're going to wait till Maddie gets back to talk about the conversation that we had with Tanner Holly this weekend about the Robert Kraft situation. I don't know if we should go. Uh, <laughs> nah, nah, Maddie, Maddie wants to hear from Tanner. Um, she calling in. Should we call him in? Nah, nah, we won't call. I bet he won't even answer. I bet he's fishing or something. You know, he usually likes to take those nighttime fishing trips. Um, so Maddie Goldberg's back. Someone is banging on his front door. What the hell was that about? I don't know. I think it might have been a dog. Now I got to pee, but I'll, I'll hold it you in gotta for a few it. minutes. You got to hold it. So, um, oh, my God, I got to pee. So, you know, we were talking about the Robert Kraft debacle and what happened yeah. um, to him. What happened and, uh, with Robert Kraft? So, you know, um, your arch nemesis, Tanner Holly, lives in Jupiter, where the Asian jerk-off massage parlor was. Has he been there? Set. He said that he hasn't been there, but he rides by it every day. He says yeah. uh, it, it's a spot in the town. And... Um, Tanner Holly told us mm. that I'm not going to like out anyone, but he, he said that he knows someone who is related to someone who is on the list. Um, like the little bus list, like, you know, it yeah. wasn't just Robert Kraft. It was hella other millionaires. It was hella other just locals. There was like 30, 40, 50 people, right? They say Tiger Woods. No, probably not. He, I don't even know if they let him in Jupiter. It's too old and white. Michael, uh, was it R. Kelly? R. Kelly. I'm not sure who else was on that list. You know, Schefter came out and said that Robert Kraft wasn't the biggest name on the list. It wasn't. There's one guy who's like a, I don't know if it's a tech mogul or he's some sort of businessman. Yeah. He's worth, like, I'm talking like a lot of money, like more money than Robert Kraft. And he was on the list. For those who aren't familiar, I mean, Jupiter, I mean, that's just like a lot of money. A shithole. Every, I I, I would tend to disagree. Uh, But I mean, just about every golfer has a house on the water there. So, uh. You know, we we've seen some names. the The list could be honestly ridiculously celebrity fueled if the full list uh, was ever released. Uh, I know Tiger does own a home down there. I think uh, I was out on the boat there. We passed like the Vikings owner's house and uh, oh, I mean, Ziggy Wilf. There was a there was another golfer. I mean, all of them golf down there. Uh, Trump's course is right there. So Mar-a-Lago. I mean, that, that, that's, you think Trump is on the list? I, I doubt it. I mean, just. I don't think, as the president of the United States, you can just go to some random Asian parlor. Like I would like to think that, that, that Melania gives works. pretty good hand jobs. Uh, what do you think? Nah, he's he's banging everybody. He he's she he he she's like number five. God on his list. I mean, if she's number five, then all the power to him because she is a beautiful woman. She's a lovely lady, very smart. Um, but getting back to our point at hand, um. 
while me and Harrison were in Orlando kissing me area for the weekend. Yeah. Um, we called it, we called Tanner a few times to check in on him, see how his boss was treating him, you know, cause he had What's to go up, fishing Tanner? and he, and he wouldn't go uh, to spring training with us because he had to like do some shit with his boss, like fishing yeah. guys. But, um, we asked him because it was Jupiter and he lives in Jupiter. Um, what like what's the deal with this place you know like have you ever seen it like do you mm. know what really happened like what let's like, give us something and um he told us that he knows someone who is related to someone who was on the list but the yeah. more interesting thing that he told us was the sting operation and how it went down i don't know if you guys have heard this i definitely hadn't by the time he had told me this three four or five days ago but um they disguised like florida power workers like you know the infrastructure workers and, mm-hmm. and, and they said, oh, we're doing some work on the line. Mm. And the FBI sent fake Florida power workers into the massage parlor, installed fake cameras. How did the floor, How did the massage parlor not figure that out? Like, they would just be like, get the fuck out of here. I don't care what. We don't need any of your help. But the, the FBI probably would have some sort of retaliation if, if, if they refused yeah. to let the people in there. But it was a fake like little Florida power thing. They installed cameras. And apparently, this is what... Tanner Holly says, our Jupiter Robert Kraft Gate correspondent says. Yeah. He says that they actually have him like on camera receiving the sexual act. Bob Kraft, you can see his wiener. Yeah, yeah they he, Tanner Holly has told us that you can I'm see sure. Ball sack just down to his knees. He's God, so I'm talking waving down there. I mean, if you're, it, it must suck if you work for the FBI and you got to review all these. Yeah, tapes. you're the you're the one who's sitting there watching Rob Kraft get a fucking hand job every day. Oh, and you got to like get the evidence, like the because probably uh, finishing coming is like evidence. Like, okay, that is the evidence. So you have to watch the money shot. So you think that's in like a, a specimen cup somewhere in like the FBI headquarters? You think they got Robert no? I just think the video. I just think the video. I just think they got the videos and then some got four guys got to watch them all. I know. I know plenty of Patriots fans that would love to suck up Rob Kraft's cum. Okay, so well, I mean, that's, that's look, a problem. I, I'm a Patriot fan. I'm embarrassed for him. Uh, I don't. I think the weird thing about these massage parlors is like, and I've never been to one. I'm a pervert, but I've never been to one. I'm more I like I like the stepmom porns. That's my thing. But like I live in LA in a nice neighborhood. There are six massage parlors within two miles. And you can only imagine that they stay in business because of this shit. Yep. I mean it's everywhere. Mm. I mean there's massage parlors everywhere. Like every little shopping center, there's a place that says massage and it looks shady as fuck. Everywhere. It's probably my, my estimation. I know that we talked about this, um, I think three or four podcasts ago, whenever the news actually yeah. broke. Yeah. Me, I think me and you came to the conclusion that most of these places, what do we say? 80% probably yeah. of these are actually like jerk off spots. Sure. Harrison, what I do mean, you think? I, do you think most I, of the massage parlors that we see are like Asian massage jerk off parlors? I mean, if you're going to put a, a statistic on it, probably not. But I mean, I could definitely see them being like more common than like you would think. Yeah. All right. Well, here's the thing, too. I knew a comic buddy out here. I won't mention his name. He had such a problem. He would go to like three a day. He would get jerked off three times a day like a weird addiction. God almighty. Uh, these places are staying in business because of this. There's no way that – because, like, I live in a nice neighborhood. You see, like, a sign that just says massage and it's dark. Like, most people would not go in there. No, I would Unless they're, unless they're you know what, 
trying to get jerked off. Yeah, so I'm like, these places have to all be jerk-off places, and it's like David Tell is one of my favorite comedians. He has this great joke. He's like, I was watching porn the other day, and the crowd gets all quiet. And he goes, I guess I'm the only person keeping that billion-dollar industry alive. So somebody's keeping this massive industry alive. Well, if I had to guess, out in L.A., they're probably a lot more common than most places. Yeah. I I disagree. I think they're just everywhere. I mean, what's the difference between here and Jupiter, Florida? You know? More more degenerates walking around. Because Jupiter, Florida, I don't mean to be racy or, or, you know, discriminatory because I know you guys are both Jewish. But Jupiter is an old Jewish, old money place to town. You know, like that. Like, so... I'm sure they're less common there than they are in downtown. Why would they be LA? less common? No, but, I mean I live in a nice neighborhood though. I'm not. I don't even live in like the downtown LA. I live in like a very rich area of LA with like a lot of babies and kids and strollers and like very ice cream shops. I you know preschool. I'm not in an area of like 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 a city. I'm not like an industrial area. L.A. is also more populous than Jupiter, Florida. But I'm saying everywhere, every town has probably three places you can get your your jacked off. No, I agree. There's three places in in, in my hometown and the small city in North Georgia. You told me that even your parents' business in that shop located three located three doors down from an absolute sex trafficking operation. Exactly, they're everywhere. This is actually kind of mind blowing to me. I I didn't realize that uh, they they were that common. So yeah. they're pretty darn common. And it's the thing is like, just look around and you, you, you don't even like notice it. Cause you just see massage, but I'm like, why are these places are, are in business? How do they stay in business? Like if you have money, why are you going to just like go to some weird place that has a massage? You, you're going there to get your nut, you know, jacked off. Yeah. Well, I think it's weird to pay to get like jerked off anyways. Cause you can do that to yourself, but that's besides the point. Yeah, I um, agree. I'm I'm a I'm a big firm believer in masturbation, um, uh, and a girlfriend that helps too. Yeah, it does. Um, so my last note on the situation is Maddie says how how do, how do these places still earn business? Uh, Jeremy Kuhn, a regular contributor to this podcast, told me and a close yeah. personal friend of ours said that um, he was doing some research. And yeah. you know how like you play video games on your phone or on your Xbox or whatever, and you can buy the loot packs, you can buy the chest, you can buy the skins for the people, you can buy extra players, you know, you can buy all the little add-ons for the games. Yeah. Um, for mobile games especially, Jeremy said that that the app makes money in bukus of cash off of the top two percent of spenders at all. He said that that your average guy who who even if he spends money he may drop five ten bucks on a game you know he may mm-hmm. buy the game and drop five ten bucks extra you know to buy some players or some packs or some guns or whatever. They said that, that the industry in the app is mostly fueled by that top two percent of people yeah. that spend money on the app or the game. So I assume mm-hmm. that the massage parlor is the same situation that the same guys like your friend the comic or the local degenerate that goes into your local jerk off massage parlor mm. is 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 the one who's who's putting that that place of business over the it's gotta be in, in, in the black or, or whatever yeah, the, the financial absolutely is. i would i would love to hear uh from some of the degenerates just let us know you know we're, we're not trying to out anybody here. yeah no no we'll just keep you anonymous if any degenerate goes to a massage parlor more than 
once a month, hit us up. It's just yeah. like I, I'm just curious. Yeah, no, we're we're, we're trying to pick your brain. We won't even tell your yeah. story in the next podcast. We will say. I mean, if you get busted, it's so embarrassing. But uh, uh, again, it's probably a multi-hundred million dollar industry in America. So people are going there. Yeah, no, they have to be because these places, like, it's not like they're popping up out of nowhere. These these places have no, been here for been years. Forever. They've been around here. We know where they are. We And even it seems like everyone in town, like especially my parents' old hometown, they yep. know these places are there. They know exactly. what the deal is, but it's like everybody leaves them alone because some of the old politicians in town, especially in small towns, or some of the cops or some of the Robert Crafts in big towns are going there yep. to get jerked off. So they just have to stay there, you know? Yeah. Well, it sucks for Robert Kraft. He's been alive for 78 years. Anything else? And he'll forever be known as the guy who fucking got busted getting jacked off at a, at a parlor. Like that will – it's just – it's like when you think of Pee Wee Herman. You think of getting jacked off. You think of uh, Hugh Grant. He got caught with a weird hooker once. Yep. I mean, he, that's Howard, it. Your Dwight legacy. Howard getting caught with a transvestite hooker. I'm sorry for yeah. my lack of a better term. I'm not trying to be un-PC, I swear. Great Atlanta Hawk. Yeah. So the what else do we what else do we got to talk about before we get out of here? Um, our last our last thing will be um, did we talk about Antonio Brown last podcast? No, but I guess he will probably be on a new team. It seems like San Francisco, but good riddance. He, he I don't really get into his world because he's I love his game, but God is he annoying this offseason. He's all about attention. It, the best thing for the the Steelers is to get rid of him. You don't need them. It's too much of a distraction. If you look at the Patriots, the reason why they win is there's no distractions. Everybody's on the same page. A guy kind of complains, gets out of line. He's out of town so fast, and they have rings. And the Steelers, they they enable these these real annoying guys, the Le'Veon Bells, the Antonio Browns. It's like why even you know why are you even on the roster? Just get them out of there. They don't want to be there. Maddie, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think Mr. Big Chest is doing it for attention. I think he just thinks the blonde mustache looks good. I hate the blonde mustache like, and blonde what, tips, What is dude. he doing? Well, exactly. I mean, I mean he wants attention. He, he, he lives for Twitter. I mean, what kind of idiot athlete is answering questions on Twitter and bashing your quarterback that, that's, that's made you millions of dollars? I mean, like, I'm not supporting that, but I get that, but, like, when you see like the the whole blonde mustache, it's like that's making me wonder like is this guy's like mental health all the way there right now? Well, even like take two guys like Mike Wallace, we never heard from him after he played in Pittsburgh. Emmanuel Sanders had a nice couple years in Denver, but really not the same numbers he had in Pittsburgh. So like you leave Pittsburgh, there's no guarantee you're gonna be this awesome guy that you once were. Because I thought Mike Wallace was one of the best receivers. He wanted out of Pittsburgh, never, you know, never, you know, came close to what he did there. Uh, so, yeah, I think, and that was, I think Antonio uh, Brown is just a lot of noise. And so is Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they're just toxic dudes that you can't win a championship with. I think a lot of Mike Wallace's, uh, you know, struggles, ups and downs after he left the Steelers. I think a yeah. lot of that's due to poor QB play. And I think Antonio Brown may want to take a look at that before he just exactly because he may get stuck with some crap. Crap. Imagine going I mean, to the Cardinals and getting stuck with Josh Rosen. Imagine going well, to the uh, let's not. Josh Darnold. Rosen might be good. You never know. But I, whatever Antonio Brown is, a, 
the Steelers have to know you're not going to win with these guys, and it's better that they're not even around to bash your team because that's all they do is make things toxic. Yeah, I, I do think uh, now if he does land in San Francisco, I think that'd be great for him. I think it'd be great for the team, despite I agree with everything you said. I do think, you know, they were my team to make the next step last year, and obviously Jimmy G went down. So uh, yeah. hopefully he'll be back and ready to go. If, mm-hmm. you know, George Kittle really established himself this year. So if, you know, you throw A.B. and Kittle out there with Jimmy G, yeah. uh, I mean, that, that could be a really dangerous be a fun and, team. And, and even with Nick Mullins, the offense moved the hell out of the ball and got some very quality wins. They did. So um, I, um, I'll say this. Um, Antonio Brown, I – I, I kind of err on the side of Mike Tomlin and the fact that, yeah, these guys may be a bit of a distraction, but we may just have to take the shot of cough medicine with them, let them talk their oh, talk. Oh, absolutely not, I, buddy. I, Mike Tomlin seems to skate that line every year with somebody and something, and he except, I know they didn't make the playoffs last year, and that, that is absolutely embarrassing. They're in the same situations that our Falcons are in. Um, but Mike Tomlin usually tries to find a way to skirt that line, and most of the time it works out okay for him. Not all the time. Well, he hasn't been successful the last two years. So the last two years they've lost to Jacksonville in the playoffs. And and remember the day before the game, Le'Veon Bell is texting or tweeting, my bad, about how he wants a big contract. So right before the playoffs, when teams like the Patriots and the Eagles are trying to play a team game and win the Super Bowl – Le'Veon Bell's tweeting about a contract. He just know they're done right there. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, being and, a being a Ravens guy, like I, I hate Mike Tomlin, but I, you know, who who sticks their foot out there to trip a player? I mean, come on. But I do. Yeah, that was him. low. I do respect him, but uh, if you're going to tell me he's maximized the talent on that roster, especially on offense, like recently, he has it. He's kidding yourself. He has He's enabled. He's enabled really toxic guys. He has, and he has. But that is the culture of the NFL. I think that he's I disagree, done, though. He's, he's done a decent job of keeping the locker room together for the. Are you crazy? For the regular it, season? No, of, no. Of the, he's done an awful job. Weeks of the NFL, he does a decent job of Wrong. letting them all play together. I I would lo- I would love for Mike Tomlin to coach my football. He's team. done an awful job keeping the locker room is a mess. They they're a Super Bowl caliber talent it's a team. Me- it's a mess now, but I said that the 18 weeks of the NFL season, he does a decent job of getting he his guys to go out the out there and, play. and they play. He didn't make the playoffs. And I said that didn't make the playoffs. That was my disclaimer before I said that statement. No but no usually. offense to the Ravens, but you lost to Lamar Jackson, who can barely play. No offense, I don't like him at all. And an old Joe Flacco. You lost the division to the Ravens when you have a loaded team. If Tomlin had the locker room, you go, you know what? Both you guys out. Gone. I think I mean, uh, Antonio Brown not showing up for practice the last week of the season. Do you think he would last a second with the Patriots? Nope. He'd be gone in a second, and they have nope. six rings. Granted, they have Tom Brady, but it, I remember when Randy Moss was on the Patriots and he was crying about a contract. He was gone, and that's how you win. That is. Um, so we talked a little bit about Antonio Brown and the situation that's going on in Pittsburgh. It's not great for them. Um, I think that Big Ben is a little bit too old to be carrying a whole team. James Conner will be James Conner. He'll be a good running back next year. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm not quite sure that he's ready to front the load 
for a whole franchise yet, but we will see what happens within the next year. Yeah. Maddie, before we go, let's um, pick these AAF games. What do you say? Yeah, the, the AAF, the Alabama Iron, greatest team of all time. Birmingham Iron played the Salt Lake Stallions. Or no, this is week two. Never mind. What are the records? Give me everybody's record real fast. Um, I kind of lost track of the league. Like I didn't watch it last week, and I felt bad about it because I watched the first few weeks, and I was like, I didn't watch one minute of the football. I'll be honest uh, with you, I haven't watched a single AAF game ever since. Some I of them are decent. It. Some some of them are decent now. Like they they do play some decent football. Apparently, the Birmingham Irons QB is really good, and I'm very Perez. Salty I, about I do it like Perez because I, I'll I really, have to rewatch him. The only reason I was going to get into the AAF was to watch Blake Sims play football one more time, and yep. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get that opportunity unless that kid gets a backup deal somewhere. Maybe I'll get traded for Tebow. Or, uh, for Tebow. Uh, Manziel? Yeah, Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football. Yeah. All one, right. One question for you, Matty. Uh, yeah. Yeah, gun to your head right now. Does Tim Tebow play a game in the MLB for the Mets? Uh, yeah, at the end of the year, they will bring him up when they're 10, they're 10 under, 15 under. They'll bring him up so they can sell his jersey. And then the novelty of Tim Tebow, because he is – Whatever about him, he has intangibles of excitement, and people are really interested in his life. So they will bring him up just for to get a little extra draw and to sell T-shirts. Did you look at his numbers last year in the monitors? They really weren't terrible. Yeah, I saw him hit a ball pretty hard in spring training too. So he's getting better. And what double A All Star last year? Yeah, you can never you can never take away his work ethic. You just can't. I just don't know if his body is meant to be a, a baseball player. In all honesty. He should have like moved to like tight end. He could have made in the NFL as a tight end or something like that, but he didn't want to do that. So it is what it is. But I do think he'll go up to the Mets at the end of the year. They'll they'll sell a lot of jerseys. People will come out to see Tebow. They'll be screaming like bringing Tebow like the pinch hit. The whole place will be going nuts. We want Tebow every I, inning. I agree with you 100%. I think they'll bring him up um, in the middle end of the year if their season kind of takes a turn. Um, bring him up, sell some T-shirts, sell some jerseys, sell some seats. But um, even if not, if he has a decent year, I think that he is on the fast track to, like, you know, like nepotism in like the corporate world. Harrison could probably speak to that, that he's probably been pushed over a position because his boss's son just graduated or something, you know, like something like yeah. that. He's on the fast track to middle management, which meaning we, we will see Tim Tebow this year almost no matter what. Yeah, I agree. So right. is that it, or should we do the AAF games? Well, let's pick some AAF games. Our first AAF game is the Orlando Apollos, who are, who are 4-0. I think they're the best team in the league. They're playing in Birmingham, playing the Iron, who are 3-1. Wow. The spread is Apollos minus 3.5 right now. I'm going with the, the home dog. Home dog, Birmingham Iron, to cover the 3.5? Yeah. What do you think, Harrison? Uh... I'm predicting Luis Perez gets a NFL contract tomorrow and Blake Sims goes out there and wins the game for the Birmingham Iron. Hot take. I say um, Apollo's cover the three and a half. The over-under is very, very, very low at 34. Um, I'm an God, idiot. They're like tempting you to take the over. I know, I know and, and I'm going to. They've tempted me. They've tempted me. I'm taking it. The Orlando game, we we were watching it at that Hooters. It was a little low scoring last week. That That's, yeah. all, that's the only thing valid piece of information i can tell you about sure the AAF. it was on at hooters and we had enough time waiting for a fucking table to watch a lot yeah of games. i never well that's a they're a home team there it's probably the only game in town for 
you know, that's like a, a home team, Orlando. Um, well, they were in Salt Lake last weekend because it was snowing. Yeah. But um, Salt Lake had a terrible draw. They had fucking maybe 200 people there. So let's get to the next games. Um, our, or wait. What did I say? So the Salt Lake Stallions are at your San Diego fleet. Um, the Stallions are one and three. The fleet are two and two. The fleet are minus six. Um, God. I don't know, because I've heard some shit on Reddit. Someone said the Stallions are the best one and three team of all time. Um, yeah. I don't I, I don't know if the fleet covers the whole six. I, I may take the fleet money line. Yeah. But the Stallions probably make this a close game. Don't ever take the fleet with a big spread. They're pretty bad. They're two and two, but it's bad. Yeah, they're two. pretty awful to watch. Trust me. Um, so I'm I'm I guess I would take Stallions plus six. I may buy take the, the half Stallions. point. I may buy the half point just to get the, yep. the number. What do you think, Harrison? Uh, I'll go with the Stallions. Cooler name. Let's go. Um, over-unders 36. I would say God, under. These, the, are low. these two teams are bad. I, I'm, I'm going to say the, the game doesn't get, get too good. So our next game is the Toilet Bowl of the AAF. Um, it's actually, these are the two worst teams in the league. The Memphis Express are at my Atlanta Legends. Both teams are 1-3. But for the first time this year, my Atlanta Legends are favorites minus one and a half. Mm. Um, wow! Let's roll. I think I think Aaron Murray is going to start. I think the team tweeted yesterday or put on whatever they they put the roster out, and I think Aaron Murray will start. Above if Madison they win, they'll tomorrow. get a parade. If we win, we'll get a parade. I like Atlanta to cover the one and a half. All right, I'll go. I'll ride with you, but I don't have much faith in Atlanta. If you're a big SEC guy. Uh... It looks like Zach Medenberger got a little playing time for the Express. I like them. Air Murray for the Legends. So that could be mm-hmm. a cool little SEC QB matchup. Uh, we'll see who wins. I, I really have no idea about either of these teams. I, so I don't know. Harris is <laughs> riding with Atlanta minus one and a half because he's an Atlanta yeah, yeah, yeah. citizen. Yeah, yeah. Is go, there one more? How many more games? One or two? One more game. I know you got to piss. I... Quit fucking telling us. Um, San Antonio Commanders are two and two. They're at the Arizona Hot Shots. They're also They're two, two and two. two. Um, the hot shots are minus two and a half. I will take the hot shots because I like their team. The Wolford guy is really good. Um, that the, the receiver. Rashad I'm going to go with the really other good. team. What you, the Commanders? You, you like San Antonio? I do. I I may push for the hot shots just because they're at home, um, and the over unders at forty. I would say over on this game. These two teams can score. Okay. So I I will take the over at forty. This is the one over. All these games are so tempting because the over unders yeah. are so goddamn I'll low. Ta- I'll take the over on the first game and the last game. The two in the middle, I'll take the under. Gotcha. All right, is that about it? We're wrapping it up. That's about it. Matty Goldberg, plug yourself. At Matty Goldberg one on Instagram, Matty Goldberg on Twitter. Sunday night at eight o'clock, I'll be at the Ventura Harbor Club in Ventura, California, telling jokes, and uh, there might be a chance I might come visit you guys, uh, April or May. You never know. Why for that girl? Well, we got to keep down the DL, but we never know. Okay. Smyrna, Georgia, I'll be coming. I'll be, I want to go to a Braves game, and I want a Hooters waitress that's a six. Harrison, tell us who you are and where to find you. Okay, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at Harrison Coburn. That's spelled like Harrison Ford and James Coburn. So, uh, yeah, that's my personal Twitter. Also, if you are into Atlanta sports at all, uh, I – Go follow at Sports Talk ATL, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, that's my Atlanta sports account I do with my buddy Chase Earl. 
And, uh, you know, we're on Bleacher Report and stuff now, so you can check out our articles on there as well. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Cohen Hughes. You can find me at Cohen underscore Hughes on uh, Instagram and um, Cohen Hughes on Facebook. I don't do Twitter. But this has been Episode 66. We appreciate Harrison Coburn's time. Good we, job, uh, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Thanks, come to Atlanta. Yeah, Maddie, come to Atlanta to come see us. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Episode number 56. We sincerely hope you enjoyed. Thank you.